And this is Mind the Gape. Today we're going to be talking about fall, autumn. Fall, autumn, bottom, bottom. We've, we've heard of Christian Girl Autumn, but now we're bringing you Christian Girl, girl bottom. bottom. Are Christian Girl, are the girls in the Christian Girl Autumn movement bottoms? That's such a good question. I feel like there is potential for versatility, but I do would not no. There's no way. There's a top all, in that group. All, there's no I way. I think they're all big whiny bottoms. They're big whiny bottoms. They're big whiny bottoms. There's got to be one verse queen in that. Yeah, and it's the one. Oh my god! I wish we had the photo to reference. I wish we, we'll we'll link the photo. It's the pregnant one and the who's the only one wearing like a dark hat. She's, She's verse. the verse. Queen. She's the verse one. She's like riding her daddy 100%. with her pregnant belly on top, dominating the whole scene. Um. You don't have to like him. Yeah, let's kick off the gape down (laughs) with you don't have to like him. Are you one of those people or do you ever find yourself on dating apps? You're scrolling, you're swiping through and you're like, do I like this guy? Maybe, maybe I I do. I get a like on Hinge and like truly agonize over whether or not I'm interested in him. Only to realize that, like, my agony is indicative in and of itself of the fact that, like, I'm actually just not that interested and I just feel bad. I feel like I'll be in the same situation, but it won't be so much as that as it will be like, well, this is, like, a potentially, like, good opportunity to feel attractive or to, like, feel feel something, I guess. But yeah. then we were talking about it the other night how, like, I pull no matter what like I go to like pool night there's always someone trying to get in my pants during pool night there's always gonna be fresh cock there's always gun there's plenty of cock in the sea we've said it once we'll say it again (laughs) but my our point is you just don't have to like him I think for me it's like beyond like the there's this weird sort of guilt complex that I think gets built into these apps Mm -hmm. it's all like I see somebody who is like filling like xy and this is the other problem with apps right is like it it's almost like you're reading through a resume and then someone like looks good on paper right you went to a school and like that suggests you're really smart you have like a high paying job you have like x y or z and so it's like I want to be attracted to you Mm -hmm. because everything on paper makes you look like a catch but in reality like I know fucking nothing about you and I'm looking at you and I'm just not that attracted to you. So it's like, what am I really like? Why am I not just responding to that gut instinct and like getting carried away in this like desire or this like hope that you are some sort of idealized version of yourself that you're obviously not. And they never fucking are. They're always so disappointing. And you know what's not disappointing? You fucking your boyfriend, finally. Oh, my God. So as we know, my boyfriend has been bedridden for the past two months because of an exploded herniated disc. (laughs) And his back, he had surgery. His back is getting a lot better. He's able to walk, kind of. And we had the hottest standing up sex ever. It started with I was on my knees. It, we, I was like, well, first of all, I was like, I want to blow you on my knees. Like, I want to, like, feel that fantasy. So we closed the door because his, like, his little brother and his little brother's friend are in the other room. Okay. <laughs> way to, you did not mention that. <laughs> way to bury the lead. Like, then, so you're having, like, crazy sex. Like, crazy, quasi-disabled sex with his family, like, 
in the room adjacent. adjacent. Yeah. Sick. Cool. And so we close it and the dog on the bed. Did you know over 65% of people have sex with their pet in the room? What else are you going to do? Kick it out. Obviously. If we kick Noodle out, he'd start crying. I'm sorry. I am like a firm believer that you don't fuck with your animal in the room. Did they consent? You get used to it. (sighs) Anyways, so... The dog's watching. So we're standing. I'm. He's standing. I just kind of get up, spit on his dick, turn around, and put it in me. Period. And we're st- I have my leg up on the dresser, and we're going for it. And I came all over the snake plant. This, not the snake plant. Right on the snake plant. Oh, that's plant. actually kind of hot because it has so many little, like, you know, tendrils. Little, like, it's little like, tendrils catching all the cum. It was been... so electric, love. Sounds it was cinematic, awesome. Honestly. It was so... So good. Honestly, some of the higher tier sex that we have had. Well, the bar is kind of low. The so. bar is excruciatingly low. But <laughs> we might beat that out. <laughs> but let's... let's. <laughs> okay, let's move on to... We love you, he who must not be named. We love you, he who love must not so be named. Much. We love we you love too you so much. much. And so we want to kind of like... Take this as a moment to like kind of talk about open relationships and like yeah. what those mean and yeah. what that means for us. Right. And by talking about it, I think Jeep and I are celebrating that we finally are in um, uh, the same boat insofar mm-hmm. as like we're navigating. You, you know, have you're more seasoned at this than I am at this point. We're poster children for this. We are poster children for non monogamy. Yes. Um, but also, I do think there's this added layer of complication not to get like excruciatingly meta in that like we do this podcast and we talk so candidly about sex in a way that I think like most people don't in general, obviously, but also like a lot of people in open relationships don't. Right. Like one mm-hmm. of the issues I find myself dealing with with is like, you know, like we were laying down in bed the other day and he gets this call from some dude like in his contacts and i'm like oh who's that and he's like nobody and i'm like oh so it's like somebody Somebody, obviously obviously somebody you're imminently planning on having sex with and he's like i mean well i wasn't but like we've had sex before i mean he's just and like he's like something i'm like it's it's fine like it's literally okay like the whole this is like this is exactly this is what we're doing Mm -hmm. and like you know he i'm this is a totally respectable position that I think is like full stop this is a totally respectable position like you don't have to want to talk really candidly or explicitly about the extra relational sex that you're having Mm -hmm. and I think even a lot of people who are really accustomed to non-monogamy who have been doing it for years do so under a pretext or the constraint of not talking about it Mm -hmm. with their partner I'm not necessarily like that, but we're going to go to the least common denominator, go with the least common denominator on that. And so he didn't want to talk about it. And I was like, okay, but I, you know, felt then need then to assure him like, you know, sure. Maybe don't pick up the phone while I'm like lying naked to you, like (laughs) naked on top of you in bed. But like, you don't have to, the one thing you can't do. And the one thing we can't do is hide these things from each other right you're no not you can't here. hide them right. open you're communication not, is the right. most important part you're not sitting here sexting him i don't feel violated because he called you while we happen to be together which is literally all the time so like you know it's like kind of obviously these boundaries are so individuated and really difficult to pin down and you know you kind of have to fresh like start fresh every time you start dating somebody if you're attempting non-monogamy because everybody's different but at the same time it's like really interesting 
sort of thinking about how I have to sort of hold myself accountable to like his privacy when I talk about sex and stuff in this way. Oh my God, did I use his name? The nurse. Not that. Did you? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think you did. We'll listen back and make sure I didn't. But yeah. with the nurse, I, you know, have to be very conscious of what his desires are and what he would be comfortable with me sharing in this podcast or otherwise. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just an added layer of complication on top of the fact that we already have to do as anybody should be doing so much work communicating about where our boundaries are within our relationship. Mm-hmm. Because it's so interesting. Like you and them speak or sorry, you and boop, like <laughs> looks like we do it looks like we do have to go back and make some <laughs> some sensory edits. We need um, a nickname for him. Well yeah, we do. The giraffe. Oh come on. That's what he is in my phone. <laughs> oh my god, is he really? That's kind of cute. It has a little giraffe emoji next okay, to his name. You and giraffe are um, you know, very candid and speak very bluntly about the sex that mostly you are having outside. Mostly of me. Mostly you. Um, but for you guys, it's also kind of this like bonding thing. Like we were at that barbecue and you were making all these cracks about, um, I remember you were making all these cracks about all these people you used to, you were fucking like right in front of Adam and everybody's laughing. And Amalia got like so confused. She was like, I thought Jeep, wait, so Jeep has a boyfriend? That's <laughs> And that's him. And I was like, yeah, they're just good at talking about it, right? Like, for heterosexuals, it's so... um, I mean, we don't really talk explicitly about it, but we're not hiding it from each other, if that makes sense. We used to... We started off with doing, like, a bi-weekly check-in, like, every few weeks to be like, hey, like, how you feeling? Have you hooked up with anybody yet? Blah, 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 blah. But now it's gotten to a point where it's like, like, only really, you only have to tell me unless it's funny. Mm-hmm. Because then it's something we can talk about and, like, laugh about. Right. And, like, the open relationship for me, at least, as we've talked before, is kind of, like, this is an exploration into my gender identity and how I'm finally, like, exploring sex as a woman and dating as a woman and what that means. And having him as a supportive partner in my court has been game-changing. Absolutely yeah. game-changing. I can't imagine doing this without him, honestly. I really can't. It may be really hard. And it would be so hard. (laughs) And I'm so blessed that I have him in my life. So blessed. Blessed baby. But speaking to open relationships, I kind of fantasize about being at the level of my friends, Andrew and Alex, and their open relationship. Mm -hmm. How not only are they like so open about talking about it, but they like share cock. They will be like, oh, like, I'm scheduling a dick appointment for later, so then we'll have dinner, like, afterwards, blah, 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 blah. Like, I want to get to that level. I'm so jealous. I want to get there, too. That is a level of self-actualization I've yet to achieve. I kind of wish the giraffe, my boyfriend, was (laughs) doing more. I mean, obviously, he can't right now because physically he's he's incapacitated. But what I thought was interesting... Now that we're talking about it, what I thought was interesting, and I wasn't offended by this or sussed out by it, but he hasn't been able to, like, you know, do anything. But we're not, like, talking about what we're doing. And we agreed not to use Hinge or Tinder. Mm -hmm. And he was telling me how he was talking to somebody on Tinder while he was in the hospital. And he was like, bro, I can't walk. And I didn't think about it at the moment. But now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, so you're using Tinder now? Let's process that live right here on the podcast. Call the giraffe right now. <laughs> Put him on speaker. Are you using Tinder? <laughs> Which is honestly fine. Like, I honestly would not. I don't care. Tinder is, it's a hookup app at this point. Yeah, exactly. I think going back to your friends, though, who are so open about their their openness with each other. Mm-hmm. 
it must be so liberating going transitioning from that moment from that state of jealousy to like celebration right you're hearing what your partner is doing and you're happy for them and you're just like in their corner clapping and clapping. you're clapping like, like go get that cock like that's what i want like that mutually reinforcing sort of like i i don't i'm i'm not just supporting you by giving you the opportunity to do this i want to hear about it i want to cheer you on i want you to get the hottest dude with the fattest dick you've ever fucking found and i want to be and i want you to come baby i want you to come so hard you die like heaven and his fiance they because they live together so when Kevin's fiance or when Kevin wants the room, the fiance will then rent Kevin a hotel room or he'll go to a hotel room. Nothing like six figure cock. Nothing <laughs> like six figure cock love. It's so good. Because it financial security, I would like to think, in some aspects, brings a little bit of self-assurance and confidence. And that confidence rocks in the bedroom. A hundred ten percent. Hundred and ten percent. Is that classes? I mean, we've all had like like mattress on the floor, sloppy hot sex. We know that's good. Oh, so now you're pro mattress on the floor sex. I'm not saying I'm pro mattress <laughs> on the floor sex. I'm just saying we've all had it and it was good. Wow, this is like a, a, a reprise through like every one of our previous episodes. We're just really rolling through it. Um, but to bring it back to me. <laughs> um, I It really is just such an... In- hearing what you're saying about your friends who are so who are just cheering each other on it just seems like such a long and arduous journey one i'm happy and excited to be making but Mm -hmm. over the weekend found yeah we're beeping that out yeah the nurse found (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna get better at this uh (laughs) talking about accountability and like demonstrating none um (laughs) the nurse found uh, a, a used condom in my trash can which like point for me because our rule is protected sex but he he was just in my room I saw him peer into my trash can and then like get sort of quiet and withdrawn and I was like what's wrong and he was like nothing nothing it's okay and I was like no I, like it's it's so obvious to me when something's the matter you need to just tell me mm-hmm. what's wrong and he was like no it's really nothing and I was like Nurse. Nurse. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to really have to edit this one, aren't we? We really Um, are. mm, uh, What's wrong? Just tell me. And so he finally says, like, well, I just saw a used condom in your trash can. And it's, you know, he gets really, like, it's okay. It's okay. Like, that's the rule. I just, like, I'm not used to this. I'm still really new to this. And I'm just processing. And I'm like, well, you need to tell me that. We need to talk about that. Mm -hmm. Says, well, I haven't figured out what I'm feeling. So, what am I supposed to tell me? Tell you? And I'm like, that. that you're supposed to that, tell me that don't know exact what you're thing. You're supposed to tell me you're processing. This has to happen in real time. Because, first of all, beyond the fact that now we're wasting time with you just sitting here and me having to, you know, draw it out of you, it's also not allowing us to get anywhere or develop like a more intimate understanding of one another and where we're at. I'm not perfect. I'm sure if that happened to me, I would also be feeling things, but I also know I would express them to you immediately. Mm -hmm. And that is really, I think the key to making any sort of open open relationship relationship work work. is to reiterate this ad nauseum. Like it's all about the communication. It's all about talking about how you feel immediately in the moment. And even if you're not sure how you feel, that's something you bring up. Mm -hmm. You're like, Hey, I don't know how I'm feeling right now. Let's process this together as a couple. Right. 
because yeah because we've we've in, we've agreed to be emotionally entangled in this mm-hmm. way and that means i am willing and desiring to take on a bit of that discomfort that you're feeling especially because it's something i can empathize with like i am also you know when that this like super hot muscle daddy that's in your phone is like blowing you up i'm not feeling amazing <laughs> <laughs> Right, like I'm not, I'm not there yet. So I get it. I get that discomfort, but I'm also telling you in real time that that's what I'm feeling. That just reminds me of how um, the giraffe hasn't seen any of the people I've hooked up with, and that's kind of why he doesn't feel jealous and why the open relationship was so seamless because he quote unquote doesn't know what my type is. Which is comical because we all know I have a bit of an affiliation. An affiliation? No. What's the word? Affinity. Affinity. Thank you. An affinity towards like dumb himbos. Dumb himbos. And Himbology. Bless my boyfriend's heart. He is not dumb. No. He's really not. I think it's – what was I going to say? I mean, I think the interesting thing is the nurse is the same way. Hear no evil, see no evil. Mm -hmm. which is annoying because so this weekend I got a text while I was with him so I couldn't really tend to it and it was this super hot super hot couple that has been like trying to slam but they are so in the moment there's no planning with them right it's they're gonna hit me up hate 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 that I'm busy I literally have a life like they hit me up at one in the morning on a Saturday like what are you up to and I was like and this is like the third time that they've done this that I while I've been with the nurse. So I was like, mm-hmm. okay, I need to just be really clear. Uh, I'm seeing somebody and that I do want to play with them, but there's kind of like a lot of times that they're hitting me up, especially on weekends. I'm probably with him. So I communicate that. And of course, they're like, well, bring him too. And I'm like, oh my God, how much I would want to do that. But the nurse is pretty adamant about, you know, playing separately. Why? I don't know. I mean, I guess I, I think I get it in so far as, we have a very, very deep and very particular sexual relationship that is super switchy and super verse and something mm-hmm. that is really, at least in my experience, has not been easy to replicate. You know, mm-hmm. it's very special. We both value it a lot and we're both very clear on that. And so I think part of it is, A, he's still new to all of this and he's still figuring it out. Even like he wants an open relationship. He's the one who's been very adamant about it, you know. But it's also his first time doing it. So I still think he's figuring out the kinks and that. But also I think there's a component of when you have sex with your partner with other people, you're going to see sides of them that you don't necessarily see in the bedroom. Because once you develop a sexual rapport with somebody, it's not that you get locked into it, right? Any healthy sexual relationship, you're exploring really consciously and expanding on what the boundaries of your sex look like. But you're still going to maybe see something you haven't seen before. And I do sympathize with the idea that that could be really unsettling and I get that because the giraffe and I don't play together either we also play separately Mm -hmm. he's never said anything against that he's never been like we should have a three-way or why aren't we having three ways so I'm just like not kind of bringing it up because Mm -hmm. like once again like I'm using this as an opportunity to explore my womanhood and what that means for me Mm -hmm. and like I'm not necessarily opposed to having a three with It's just like having sex with as a woman like is like kind of weird for me. Right. And I mean, it would also then beg the question of, well, does he expect you, if you guys to play together, to play as a gay man? And that is probably 
mm-hmm. something you wouldn't necessarily want to be doing at this it's point not. outside of sex with him. It's not. Yeah. So that is really complicated. Um, to close out the Gabe Town, I do just want to say I really hit both ends of the spectrum this past week. I fucked this ultra hot daddy who I used to fuck when I lived in Colombia. So long time coming on the ooh love the uh, reunion. It was amazing. Um, and then I also fucked this tiny little twink yesterday who I've been chasing for a few weeks. So you know, got the best of both worlds in my versatile little cum dump of a brain look at you poster child for versatility the future is first the future is first baby and you know what else it is bottom bottom <laughs> with an a-u-t-u-m-n the joke lands so hard when you're reading so hard when you're reading and you can't 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 quite get it can't <laughs> can't quite get it you can't quite get it when you hear it but baby girl so it's good christian thing we're girl bottom joke on a podcast good thing good thing Christian Girl Bottom, get your pumpkin spice lattes ready. And tell us about your sexiest Thanksgiving food. What is the sexiest Thanksgiving food? Okay, sexiest Thanksgiving food, I would like to think, is on the border between a turkey leg and cranberry sauce. Mm -hmm. Chunky cranberry sauce or like the kind that comes in a can? I was imagining the kind that comes in a can because I find the wiggle to be sensual. The wiggle is very sensual, especially when you do a good job of just shaking it out of the can and it's still oh, those ribs. that's hot. It's giving like Ridge Trojan, for her pleasure. Yes, it's giving Trojan rib condom. I'm the her they're talking about. Which, in case you haven't used those, never do. You're just going to rip someone's insides apart. Actually, insane that those are legal. Did I ever tell you the time that I... um? used a female condom in my ass no have i not told you this speaking of ripping my insides to shreds um this guy only had female this is sophomore year i this was like maybe like the sixth guy i've ever slept with and he took the condom and just kind of like stuffed it in me this person sounds like a horrible individual his name was norm sick that was the first red flag there's nothing normal about him. But other than norm, I kind of want to lead into Thanksgiving sex. It's incredible love. So are we just are we just tanking the bit where we decide what the sexiest Thanksgiving Oh, I thought is? we decided it was cranberry sauce. I'm sorry, you decided it was cranberry sauce. Oh, wait, I'm, I'm sorry. Partial. What's your I'm so <laughs> sorry. I'm so so sorry. I'm partial to the yams with the marshmallows. Elaborate. It's kind of camp. It is camp. It's camp. It's camp. It's camp. Is it sexy though? Yes, because if it's it's camp, because I'm just picturing like a really hunky, corn-fed Midwestern gay just like piling on yams with marshmallows on his plate. Why do you come to that fantasy? I don't know, but I really like it. I like that too. Yeah. And also, it tastes so good. Also, did you know consuming yams significantly increases your likelihood of having twins? You know what? As someone who definitely has a uterus, I'm going to remember that for later. She's going to go bake some yams. I'm going to go bake some yams because mama wants twins, love. Do you really? No. No. No world. But Thanksgiving sex. Thanksgiving. What is it about returning to your family's hometown that, one, makes you insatiably horny, and two, what makes fucking townies so good? Well, okay, let's start with one. What makes you so horny? Personally, I have this conspiracy theory that tryptophan not only makes you sleepy, it makes you incredibly horny. So Mm. I think eating the turkey is it's like I take that weird 
fugue state 5 p.m. nap and I wake up and then I'm insatiably horny and it's also like I'm sorry I don't know I don't know when your family eats Thanksgiving dinner but mine is one of those horrible groups of people that demand like eats it at 3 p.m. same yeah so it's like come 5 p.m. I have nothing to do but come everybody's watching football which I obviously don't do I'm not doing that either I'm not doing that either speaking of things that will unfortunately make me horny um watching football makes you horny watching a bunch of 300 pound men tackle each other doesn't make you horny good point continue (laughs) but yeah it's like i have nothing to do and then that does lead into point two there's something about the that the townies i think it's because it's that kind of sex that you only get to have so often Mm -hmm. you know what i mean oh do i know what you mean tell me what i mean so we've talked about fisher in the past like a past (laughs) episode but fisher is this guy who i have been consistently hooking up with since 2015 it's he's someone i only really see when i'm in town he's this Amazing short king by top. <laughs> and as we know, by tops hit it like nobody's business. And as we know, the sex with Fisher is so good. I have literally gasped for air, slapped his chest, and proclaimed, you're a legend in the middle of sex. You give him too much power. You have no idea. It's so, <laughs> I do. I absolutely do. But it's so good. But so he is one of my prime examples of going home and having sex that you can only have like once a year. Cause I only see him like once a year, maybe twice a year at best. And then on top of that, there's the sea of townies who have all come out after they left town or or discovered their sexuality and then come back to visit their families. Mm -hmm. And they're hankering, they're hankering for a taste of this. And can I say, I am so excited to have this be the first year that I'll go back upstate where my family lives now as a woman and see what the crop is going to be like. You know what? That's part of it. There's simply nothing like going somewhere and being the fresh meat on the grinder grid. Oh, incredible. Right. Like that's just how they loop you right back into that app. It's like they give you everything, everything. And then I want to follow up a little bit with, um, I'm sure we all remember the time I, Hooked up with that guy who had diabetes and I accidentally ripped out his <laughs> monitor by mistake <laughs> with one swift kick of the leg and whatever. But so a year or so after that, I had bleached my hair and we were talking on Grinder, and he pretended not to recognize oh me. My God, I love this story. And we went into the woods, laid down a tarp and had incredible sex on the tarp. And then I turn and look at him and I'm like, do you not recognize me? Wait, you literally had sex with this man's without forcing him to recognize who you were. Yes. You were so horny. You were so horny. I wasn't going to jeopardize the cock by any means. By any means. <laughs> we'll go to extreme lengths. Extreme for lengths for good cock. And it was good. And he definitely gave me a fake name and fake school that he went to. But I really hope he's... thriving wherever he is now honey you deserve better remember what did we say at the beginning oh that was like you don't have to like him you don't have to like him god that was probably like 2015 maybe see 2014 i I am kind of jealous because my parents have sort of obviously they're not aware of this but they've sort of ripped my you know going home sex to shreds because they've moved a lot in the last couple of years to shreds to shreds it's totally decimated and now they live in chicago which honestly is great speaking of getting corn-fed cock amazing city for fucking 
but it's not it doesn't have that sort of any sort of small town feel or any mm. sort of degree of intimacy that I and so I certainly haven't struck up any regulars there especially because they've only lived there about a year but when my parents moved to Pittsburgh and they were there for a while my first time there I met this really hot super hung surgeon who like really like was actually the person who introduced me to non-monogamy um mm-hmm was like a really formative sort of sexual figure in my life. And we would always hook up when I would go back to Pittsburgh. And it was so weird because not only was the sex amazing, like probably my first time having sex with somebody who could just regularly make me come no hands, just like absolutely earth shattering orgasms left and right. But on top of that, he was just like incredibly bright, really mature, like had like, we had like an actual genuine emotional connection, which, you know, under the, parameters of his open relationship was totally fine and allowed and he was also relatively new to pittsburgh because he was like a resident at the time Mm -hmm. so we got to like explore pittsburgh together it was lovely but the weird thing was then he met my parents because like whatever my i knew my parents would like him um and my parents are very you know whatever they know i have how old was he i was what 22 23 and he was 30 okay yeah so whatever like age gap but like whatever my parents are they're decent libs so like it was fine um but it was actually a little too fine because him and my dad hit it off because because my, my dad's a surgeon and so they became such good friends that then when i wasn't in pittsburgh they were hanging out love that no, we don't love that we don't love that i right? love that like what are you talking about i Hopefully think that's not funny. my whole like <laughs> what are you possibly talking about so it did at some point get a little weird but you know what still harbor a lot of affection for the guy mm-hmm. except now he lives in colorado so when am i ever gonna see him literally like so far 50 away out of 50 states you'll catch me in but i'm not getting into my colorado diatribe right now but what i want to get into a little bit is <laughs> visiting the hometown bar as an adult now that's electric there's this little irish pub by the poughkeepsie train station called mahoney's shout out um Ew. Going there as a woman and, like, seeing all these dudes from high school who haven't seen me in years, insane. Do you anticipate being recognized? I know they'll recognize me because of the crew that I'm with. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. First off. Second of all, one of them was absolutely flirting with me the entire night. And one of my friends who used to hook up with him in high school was bitter about it. (laughs) Was... Like, she was drunk, so it's fine, but she was a little, like, it felt like she was a little bitter about it. But that night was especially special because I made out with, like, four guys at that party. First guy, I was making out with him. We were dancing. I told him I was trans, and he said, oh, my God, I'm sorry. I cannot do this, and left. No, not this bit. Second guy, (laughs) second guy I made out with. I was like, I'm trans. And he's like, that's totally fine. I'm going to buy us some drinks. I'm like, great. I was wasted and I lost him. I have no idea where he went. Third guy told him I was trans. He shuddered and then left. Fourth guy, I was trying to get him to leave like, and leave me alone. So I turned to him and I'm like, I'm trans. And he said, that's fine, baby. And I'm like, fuck. Like, what do you mean? What do you mean? It's not supposed to be fine. Why didn't this work? I want a hate crime and I want it now. And I was drunk and he ended up getting my number and he texted me the next day and asked me if I was a virgin. Uh. And I told him, if you're familiar with this reference, that I was saving myself for Matthew Perry and he 
of course didn't get that. Clueless. Thanks, everybody. And I had to block him. I'm sure you did. I have no doubt. You should block all of Poughkeepsie, honestly. I should block all of Poughkeepsie, absolutely. Poughkeepsie, turn it into a phone number, and block it. Um, let's jump ship. Do we want to talk about pumpkin spice poppers? I just want to note that nothing says, like you wrote this down, but nothing says class and taste like good poppers. Nothing says class and taste like good poppers. Invest in your poppers. Invest in your poppers. And if you're really feeling the season, get the double scorpion pumpkin spice poppers. They are a treat. Diabolical. They're a little treat. Are they a trick or a treat? They're they a trick or a treat? I think they're kind of a little bit of both. Um, I have diabetes follow-up written here. That's all you... Oh, we kind of already did that. We did we? that. Um, speaking of fall, the only thing I have to say... the I don't really have like a lot of... I can't... My memory... Well, all the trauma. My all the trauma. My memory is just a timeless hole. Welcome to my world. <laughs> the only like sex I can... Story I can adequately pin to fall was the first... My first fall break. Sorry, not my first. Second fall break of college. Uh, my best friend from freshman year had transferred to McGill. And so me and a bunch of friends went out there to visit him. And if you have not been to Montreal, it is the city to be a 20-year-old twink. Like, there is there is no Missed other. out. There is no other. It is the city for that. And so I was there, and I'm, like, in this dark, dingy, like, bar slash club situation and mm-hmm. there are like 12 people there like I don't know why I'm here like I obviously need to leave like it is not like a good hang mm-hmm. um but then this like psycho ginger who was just like lanky and cute and like I don't know that I'd find him attractive now but at 1920 I certainly did it's always a psycho ginger it's always a psycho ginger like just like comes up to me immediately starts talking to me is extremely charismatic and mm-hmm. like this is you know very early on in me being an out queer man and I had sort of you know mm-hmm. recently broken up with my first boyfriend so it was very intoxicating being hit on in real person and was something mm-hmm. I was really not used to and so we had this whirlwind of a night I got really fucked up with him and all I remember was just like the humiliation of waking up realizing we were sleeping on a couch like but it was like a love seat with the arm missing so it was so short that both of our legs were hanging off of it and I just woke up in a haze to this woman oh walking around the apartment naked. And I was like, I just need to go. I miss the debauchery of college. I it was it was so debauched. Like it was just like, where am I? How the hell did I get here? I had like eighty missed calls from all of my friends who thought I was dead. It was like I miss I miss that. I miss it. I miss it. I miss it so much. You know, and something, I will say, something about fall really does bring the chaos out of me. Like, I partied so hard this October and in the best way possible, but Mm -hmm. it did make me feel young again. Not that young, though. I don't actually ever want to feel that young again. I want to feel that young all the time. (laughs) I'm 19. Did I ever tell you the time? I've definitely told you the story. Did I ever tell you the time that I'm 19? (laughs) (laughs) This one time, I hooked up with this guy, and I was laying in bed. It was post-sex, and I just turned to him, and in this voice, I'm like, do you think I look 19? Okay, fuck you for that. And I was, I think, like 24 at the time. And he looked at me, panic in his eyes. Ooh, pardon me. He was like, (laughs) oops. He was like, uh, I think you look your age. And I went, once again, do you think I look 19? And he looked at me. 
yes. And I'm like, oh, thank you. I take such good care of my skin. No, see, you're a psychopath. You're like, I am. You are like that crazed twink that locked eyes with me at Winnie's a few weeks ago. Oh, yeah. He loved me. And the first thing he said, because he knew I was attracted to him, was, how old do you think I am? That's my tea. You're old enough, sweetheart. You're in a bar. (laughs) I swear to fucking God. Like, horrible. Leaving that conversation behind, what is the ultimate fall date? I'm telling you, it's apple picking. It's not apple picking. Apple picking is insufferable. It's so... Okay, you know what? If you've been dating somebody, Mm -hmm. apple picking is fun and hot. But, like, I'm sort of picturing, like, a first date energy, and, like, that's ambitious. Mm -hmm. Also, no, I'm sorry. Apple picking is just miserable. I will. We agreed... to do manual labor. We agreed that... There's nothing more sensual than plucking an apple fresh from the tree and biting into it. No, I, you Unabashed. just said that and I let you say it. I did not agree <laughs> to that claim. I thought you did agree. <laughs> I, no, um, honestly, I said bobbing for apples and you thought that was like a preposterous claim. But I have never bobbed for apples. Bob's your uncle. I don't know. <laughs> but also you look bad wet. So that's. I look terrible wet. Terrible wet. It's a hard sell. If you look good, wet, bobbing for apples is an incredible date. It's super erotic. It's something. I'll tell you that. And you're good with your mouth if you can bob for an apple. Now I have to try. Also important. Now I have to try bobbing my bobbing. Fuck. Bobbing. (laughs) 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 Also, ultimate fall dates, haunted hayrides. This one I can get on board with because, like, especially if, like, like, I don't get scared that easily, so I love being with, like, a jumpy dude who then, like, latches on to me. It makes me feel so mask and daddy. I like being that, like, tough girl who also doesn't get scared. I'm just like, yeah, this is, like, whatever. Like, eh. Like, eh. they're not going to touch me. <laughs> but also, yeah, you get to, like, sit together. It's cozy. You're, like, occupied. There's not, like, a demand on – this is this is the problem with apple picking. There's too much demand on there being conversation. Like, mm. unless you're, like, literally not next to the person, in which case, like, how are you on a date? I get that. Apple picking is an intimate act that you need to do with people you're comfortable with. Yeah. You need to know that you can, like, constantly be conversing or, alternatively, that you're really comfortable in silence. Whereas, like, the hayride kind of gives you this, like, structure of these things to participate in that are not literally, like, YouTube producing, excuse me, conversation. Yeah. Um... <laughs> well, it looks like we burned through the bobbing for apples a bit. Um, how are we doing on time? We could we could do a little bit. We could do we could we talk could finish about out. Sex. We can absolutely talk about we cabin talk sex. About cabin sex. Oh my god, nothing compares to a dewy, crisp fall morning. I'm in a robe. I thought you were gonna say apple again. <laughs> <laughs> dewy, crisp fall morning. I'm holding a cup of coffee. I'm in a robe. I'm in Fisher's old cabin in the Catskills. I'm holding a cup of coffee, and he just comes up behind me, lifts up the robe. I was going to say something, robe, and just goes to town. And we're, like, on the porch of it, and it's, like, in the Catskills. We're in the middle of the woods. It was sensational. There's also something about, like, all, like, you're in a cabin. There's, like, the warm tones and all these, Mm -hmm. like, blankets and, like, there's a fire burning. It's like everything is about like being isolated and producing comfort. And if that doesn't make you horny, I don't know what does. I don't know what does. My first and pretty much the only time I ever had sex on acid was like in a cabin in the woods with my first boyfriend. 
And I wish I had a more articulate way of describing the experience, but orgasming on acid with somebody while fucking somebody, it was so intense to the point of uncomfortable. Like it Mm. felt like my penis was in the most literal sense, like erupting. Wow. Like I thought when I pulled out that it was going to be gone or like burst into shreds like a cartoon. Oh my God. Honestly, kind of a crazy experience. I don't think I do. I want that. I'm glad I had it. Mm. I'm thinking about that now. I should probably do acid with Fisher and see. I mean, he would totally do it with me. I mean, you really have to be ready to spend twelve fucking hours with somebody. We've done that dozens of times. Great, amazing. Um, they're fucking pumpkins on porn Twitter. Yeah, if you guys are wondering, they are fucking pumpkins on porn Twitter. Check it out. We have to link to that, don't we? We have to find a link for that. Uh, that should be easy. Although, did I tell you my porn account was temporarily suspended? You did tell me that, and I think that's so crazy. Turns out it wasn't because of the, like, aggressive sexual content I made with that one dude. What was it? It was because when Little Nas X posted on Twitter, I'm in New York looking for head, what's up? I replied with a hole pick and said, come get it. And they said that it violated their community guidelines. <laughs> now that's funny. Yeah. That's funny. And now I know why Little Nas never messaged me not because he didn't see it but not because he didn't want to but because he didn't see it well maybe he did see it and that's what was like no no we're gonna go with the first we're gonna we'll go with the former yeah just for our own sanity and on that note everybody i'm reese i'm jeep thank you so much for listening bye